0: Welcome to Locked On Cardinals, Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner, follow Bo at Bob Rack, you can follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. So we've teased this all week, we thought we were going to talk about it all week, and then we fi- we're we finally going to get to it today. We'll be ranking linebacking cores throughout the NFC West, and with Vance Joseph coming in and implementing the 3-4 defense, azcardinals.com had, and Bo read this had. The the linebacking core is the weakest part of the defense. And Bo's initial reaction, I'll let him talk about it, was pretty much, huh? You think it's a defensive line? I'll let him talk about that momentarily. But first, and and you brought this up before we started this, Bo. Josh Norman, okay? It's just, (laughs) listen, the, the reason why this is pertinent is because It's a cornerback behaving badly. We have Patrick Peterson who wanted to trade, didn't want to trade, wanted to trade, doesn't know what the hell he wants. Josh Norman just happens to be jumping over Bulls in Pamplona. What the hell? I mean, so what does his contract look like? Uh, No skiing, no snowboarding, no water skiing. Oh, doesn't say nothing about jumping over Bulls. I'm good. What the hell does this guy think he's doing?
1: I mean, have you not seen the mass exodus from the Washington Redskins organization? There's no structure there. There's nobody that's probably going to tell you what you can or you can't do. So, I mean, he's, he's pretty much the the teacher's away so the, the kids will play. He's going to be out there and he's going to do whatever he wants. He's a highly paid professional, a guy who's kind of resting on his laurels of his play from yesteryear. And he's, he's going to go to, he's going to go run with the bulls. He's going to go hurdle a couple, despite what was it? Uh, five to seven people were gored on the same day. Sounds awesome. But Josh Norman, <laughs> Josh Norman decides he's going to risk it all, uh, because he wants to make a hot Instagram video, uh, and go viral for, for just a day because now nobody's talking about it. I, I don't know. I mean, if it's an Arizona Cardinal, it's it's probably the same thing. Michael Bidwell probably issues a lukewarm statement saying, hey, we shouldn't do that after the fact. <laughs> and what's the overall ramification? Whoever posted the video, whoever was doing the knucklehead and move of hurtling a gigantic bowl uh, is probably going to be like, okay, I, I got away scot-free just as I did hurtling a giant animal.
0: <laughs> Alex Clancy, Bullbrock. Uh, in your contract, it says don't die. So I feel like that should be mm-hmm. part of the, the – part of the uh, yeah, Jesus, criminy. So, okay, let's just jump into the linebacking core. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into this than we initially thought just because this is the anchor of a 3-4 defense. Just because their uh, linebacking core is new, it's fresh, Jordan Hicks, Terrell Suggs, Brooks Reed, uh, and this is the last-ditch effort for Hassan Reddick to have a Cardinals jersey on his back, you would think, just because they're not – the weakest linebacking core that the Cardinals have had doesn't mean that they're in a good situation either. This is probably the biggest question mark, and I know that we've talked about the defensive line, how you know we brought they brought in Darius Philon and uh, you know uh, Corey Peters was retained, but when it comes down to it, it's Chandler Jones and it's Chandler Jones off the edge. So when you have the the linebacking core in the three four demons, four linebackers on the field in most base packages. This is the most important core of the defense going into the 2019 season, correct? Yeah, I think it's, it's huge. Obviously, we talked
1: about how talented we think that that secondary can be, even with the move from the supplemental draft this, this week, taking Jalen Thompson um, and adding to an already talented core, even without Patrick Peterson. Yeah, this is, as you said, kind of the backbone of this defense that's going to have to produce in order to slow down the run game, which they were incapable of doing last year, but also get after the passer. The good news is Chandler Jones, you already take him from putting his hand in there to standing back up in the 34 defense from the 43 defense. And then Jordan Hicks, you pay him an uber amount of bucks for him to come in and do what he did last year in Philly in 12 games, close to 100 tackles, three sacks, and uh, he's just he's a guy that you're looking to make some plays and kind of develop that guy that you mentioned in Reddit. But if it doesn't happen, this could be a very trying year for the Cardinals to where we talk about that defensive secondary. They're going to have to put up, pick up the slack. And when your safeties are leading your team in tackles, that's a big, big no-no. That's, a, that's not a good thing.
0: Alex clancy Brock Locked on Cardinals. Follow the podcast and Locked on AZ Cards. So when you look at the Cardinals linebacking core, the starting ones, the ones are going to be on the field, first defensive snap of 2019. You got Terrell Suggs. Okay, the dude is 365 years old, but he's a guy that you need especially as a voice on the defense. And listen, James Harrison broke the mold. Okay, it, do- you- it doesn't matter what age you are. If you keep yourself in shape, he may have lost a step, but that doesn't mean that he can't bum rush, uh, you know, you know a a weaker tackle or guard to get to the quarterback. You have a son Reddick. This again is his probably his last chance after going 13th overall in 2017 this dude really hasn't shown the the steps forward necessary to get a second contract from the cardinals at least not yet. Jordan Hicks you brought in free agent uh he didn't get the money that CJ Mosley did but he got some pretty good pretty good cheese and uh coming from Philadelphia some injury concerns but this is going to be the anchor of your defense. This is going to be your Mike. This is going to be your middle linebacker. And then Brooks Reed coming over from San Francisco I believe uh You know he's the maybe the biggest question mark, but he was a low impact signing, and those are going to be your four. Those are your four starters, and when you look at the depth at the linebacking core of the Arizona Cardinals, it's not great. I mean, it's especially
1: it's not great. I mean. But it's not great across the board. I mean, when you look at the rest of the division, and that's kind of what we're doing here, is is we're going to kind of pit the Cardinals against the rest of the NFC West. And you look at Seattle, and we mentioned yesterday at the end of the podcast about how they have a a player on their team that is uh, – Bobby Wagner is a 99 overall rating in Madden. He's one of those rare guys. L.J. – I'm not L.J. Collier. They're 43 defense, but Bobby Wagner – and then you got a guy like Barkevious Mingo that they're going to take a chance on. Michael Kendricks is in that group, a guy that came off the legal issues and a guy that's uh, coming off an injury outside of Bobby Wagner and maybe K.J. Wright. It, it's pretty thin. It's, it's a position that's not heavily invested in beyond maybe your stars in the NFL. And it's kind of one of those ones you just look for a young athletic player or a guy you kind of kick the tires on that Steve Kime's been able to do in the past, whether it's like a Larry Foote or a John Abraham coming off the edge, it's, it's one of those, you got to have a pretty good mix. you got to have just depth and numbers. I, I don't know. I, th- I think the Cardinals have potential. I, I'm not as down on this unit as maybe the team website was where they thought that it might be their, their weakest link where I really kind of point to the defensive line. If your defensive line and your linebackers are weak, that's going to be just a disaster of a 2019
0: season. Yeah, but I mean, the reason why the weakness is shown is because they're on display. They're exposed. Linebackers are exposed in a 3-4 defense. You have to be drop back in coverage. You have to rush packages. When it comes to the the down linemen, what are they supposed Like, you have your nose tackle, Corey Peters, okay? You have a defensive tackle who can play nose tackle in Darius Phylon, and you have Chandler Jones. I mean... Really, and Robert Kim D J, Rodney Gunter, we've done this before, because right. they're the same names. There's a little bit more familiarity, but man, this—they're going to be out on an island in the middle of the field, and with a young secondary, you need to be able to have a foundation of linebackers that you can trust. And I'm not saying you won't be able to, and and I, and I'm not saying that it's going to be a disaster. But what I am saying is. We're going to find out, just like with Kyler Murray in the first game or two, what we're looking at, we're going to find out pretty quickly what this defense can do in the middle of the field, the linebacking court. That's all.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think as far as when you're what you're looking from your linebackers in your 34 is obviously on the two edge guys, you, you know, your right, your left. Those are going to be your pass rushers, right? And I think when you just look at that, and you kind of just isolate it. Their pass rush is going to probably is going to be solid. I think Terrell Suggs is an upgrade. You had the 13 sacks from Chandler Jones. You know what you're going to get from him. But Suggs and Brooks Reed are guys that are going to have to supplement that pass rush, get after the quarterback more so than they did in 2018. I think that's an upgrade. Just kicking the tires on those two Wiley veterans will benefit this team. Uh, and then you, when, when you kind of look at the middle of it, yeah, the biggest question mark is Hassan Reddick. Can Jordan Hicks can he kind of mentor reddick even though there's not that big a discrepancy between their age difference but can can he teach reddick how to really play the middle of the field and be those run stoppers or when pressed in the coverage can they make plays in coverage that's going to be a big question and then you look at zach allen the pick out of boston college uh there's been a lot of fanfare following allen they love his motor he's you know your stereotypical player coming out of boston college kind of cut from the cloth of a luke keekley where he's just He's just a guy, he's a gym rat. He's going to get after it. He's going to know where he's going to be. Uh, can he be a guy that's going to be able to get after the passer as much as he wants to? That remains to be seen. Is he going to be kind of hampered by a lack of athleticism? But, you know, I kind of like the mix of what they have so far. I just don't know, you know, if it's if it's going to where did it stacks up the rest of the, against the rest of the division.
0: Yeah, and we, you know what? We'll talk about that. That's a good segue. Alex Clancy bobrock Locked On Cardinals. On the other side, we will break down the rest of the NFC West's linebacking core, and in the final segment, we will give our rankings. Finally, seventy-two hours later, Alex Clancy bobrock Locked On Cardinals. We will be right back. Welcome back Friday edition of Locked on Cardinals Alex Clancy Bo Brock It's 115 degrees today Bo Brock <laughs> This is where the separation <sighs> starts. Oh, man. It's like okay, so this is what it's like with Arizona <laughs> and the rest like say the Pacific Northwest where you are. The f- mm-hmm. like June it was the Warriors versus the Suns last year, okay? Warriors versus the Suns. First quarter and a half, you know, the Suns are down four, down six, and maybe tie the game. And then the start of the third quarter, Golden State goes on a 20 nothing run. That's what the temperature discrepancy is now. We're going to be in around the 115 range, and you're going to be at about the 82 range, and this is where the separation really ensues. And I'm unhappy about it. I'm unhappy about it. But we got about six weeks more than we thought we were going to this summer, so it's been pretty nice pretty nice yeah
1: well talk to me in december talk to me in january and february you have to kind of just you have to wait this out for what two to three months yeah and then you're good you you don't have to do any physical you don't have to exert yourself physically to try to shovel anything to get your car out so talk to me then in in the winter months when it's going to be brutal uh i i don't feel for you i don't feel for you at all even though we're probably going to reach a high of 90 this summer, this week. Oh, but no. other than that, uh, it, it's been pretty nice. It's been, it's been really nice.
0: I mean, is it like 78 so, degrees every day before we move on?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: And it's just pristine, sure. clear?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's,
0: it's blue sky. You know, you got your clouds. It's, it's gorgeous. You have clouds there, too? God, you're so lucky. Okay, so let, let's move on here. Let's start with the San Francisco 49ers. They've had the biggest shuffle over the last few years with their defense as a whole. Their big acquisitions this offseason, D. Ford, obviously, uh, tackle from Kansas City. uh, That was a a big acquisition for them. Quan Alexander is going to be their middle of the defense. middle of the defense, they signed Malcolm Smith. There's going to be a lot of guys here that are ready to get after, ready to prove themselves. But when it comes down to it, the 49ers haven't been good recently. You know, they haven't really, their offense has been marred by injuries. I mean, I don't know of a team that's had more debilitating injuries. I know the Cardinals did with Carson Palmer and David Johnson back-to-back a couple years ago, but it seems like, especially offensively, the 49ers just are playing with their third-string quarterback, their third-string running back, and whatever receivers stay healthy. And the same can really be said for the defense. And when when they they, uh, draft Nick Bosa, that doesn't help much. D. Ford has had some injury concerns over his over his career, but when you look at the when you look at their their linebacking core, Malcolm Smith from Oakland, Quan Alexander came over from Tampa Bay, Fred Warner, third round pick from two years ago. Those those are their linebackers. I mean, yeah. there's so much reliance on just pure athleticism and film study with linebackers that even though these guys aren't big names, Quan Alexander's kind of made a name for himself, this is probably the better of the linebacking cores that they've had probably since Patrick Willis retired.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, their their front seven is pretty stout, but that's mostly just from their defensive line play. And we talk about they're playing the 43. They draft Nick Bosa. They add him with just a a group, a mix of former first-round picks. DeForest Buckner, who showed up last year. You mentioned D. Ford. Eric Armstead was a guy that they invested in with a top pick. Solomon Thomas they're looking for big things from. That defensive line is going to be key in slowing things down for what I deem a pretty pedestrian unit as far as their linebackers. But as you mentioned, it's not as paramount in the 43 as it is in the 34 to get outstanding play from your linebackers. Malcolm Smith was a guy that, he was one of those was random trivia question answers that who who won the Super Bowl MVP when the Seahawks absolutely shellacked the Denver Broncos and then parlayed that into, as you mentioned, a contract with the Raiders. And then now he's kind of off into no man's land in San Francisco. He's just kind of a throw-in with Quan Alexander, who's a guy that kind of, he, he was fine in Tampa Bay, but was he a big time player for them? I I don't know that that remains to be seen. I think it's a weak unit for San Francisco. I would certainly say that the Cardinals have the edge over the Niners as far as their linebackers are
0: concerned. Agreed. And this is this is something. When we're done with all of this, with we're going through, we've done receivers. We've we've yet to do. Do we have we done offensive line yet? Did you do offensive line when I was gone?
1: We have not. Okay, no, so we have, have to do quarterback,
0: running back, offensive line Is the last three we'll do in this series. It'll be interesting to see how everything stacks up because you're right. The Cardinals definitely have a linebacking core that is stronger than the 49ers at this point. I don't know how strong each of them are. I do think San Francisco has promise there in the linebacking core. Quan Alexander was was a big pickup for them. So I I, I think that Jordan Hicks, Quan Alexander, 6-1. I mean at this point and then and then we'll see what, what the rest of the Cardinals can do. Let's move on. Uh I'm gonna do Seattle last because that's not fair. Sure. Um it's the top team in the in the division, Oh, you think?
1: I mean that's that's cheesy.
0: Yeah, so let's move to Clay Matthews and the Rams. Mm-hmm. Clay Matthews was at one time the most feared linebacker in football, or one of them, right? I mean Ray Lewis, I think, was still there when when Clay Matthews was was in his prime, but this dude just fell off the planet.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know what is it, Father Time's undefeated, man. Yeah. I mean, he's just a guy that he's he's a little bit long in the tooth. He's coming back to LA where he played college football at USC, and he's gonna join a he's gonna be part of the pass rush that's basically Aaron Donald and everybody else. I mean, he, they're a thirty-four defense just like the Cardinals, but Clay Matthews is gonna play the role of Chandler Jones in this defense, and you got to give a little bit of an edge up as far as the pass rush is concerned to the Cardinals. They're waiting for Dante Fowler. To finally kind of tap into some of that promise that they that the Jaguars thought by taking them in the top five out of Florida so many years ago, but an ACL injury later, you know Dante Fowler was a trade deadline guy last year. Uh, now looking at the middle of that defense, uh, I mean it's just it's it's a couple guys like Corey Littleton and um, and Micah Kaiser. I mean I don't I mean not exactly household names. I mean if you if you more of like your more than no NFL fans might know more about these guys, but I, I don't know what, when you stack it up. Matthews, Fowler, Suggs, Jones, You know, it's, it, to me it's, it's, there's not that big a margin of a, a big a gap between these two teams at the linebacker position in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean when you look at it, when you look at the Rams just in general, and this is something they've done especially over the last two seasons, is just get a bunch of big names. A bunch of guys that yeah. have been in the spotlight, whether, you know, a few years back. where Because Eric Weddle's looked at as one of the best safeties ever, I think. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be mm-hmm. a Hall of Famer, but the dude just comes in as an absolute beast with San Francisco and Baltimore, I believe. This dude is a beast. Marcus Peters, they traded for Aqib Tlaib. Chargers and uh, Baltimore. Yeah. What did I say? San Francisco. Oh, I did? Oh, man. Chargers, yeah. Chargers and Baltimore. Yeah. I watched that kid grow up. Uh but so I mean, the, and then Clay Matthews is just another one of those names. Dante Fowler as well. So their defense wasn't great last year. I mean, they showed flashes. Aaron Donald had a million sacks, but their defense wasn't. What did they just win the SEC for
1: you know. I mean, what did they? It was that shootout with the Kansas City Chiefs yeah. is the best game of the year. I mean, that was a that was a game where you know the teams were scoring fifty points each. I mean, that uh, the defense made some plays. But there were certainly some times where that Rams defense, it didn't necessarily have to show up. It could kind of take the day off, the Sunday off, because the offense was so dynamic. But, I mean, I think that this is going to probably be the this, this, this spot where the Rams are going to have a, a Super Bowl hangover where they have the exit of Indomitian Sioux at secondary is another year older. You've mentioned what's kind of the facade that is Marcus Peters and his game. Sure. He gets a lot of the turnovers, gets that sexy step, the interceptions, but is he, you know, a a big time, you know, slower down of the, the opposing offenses receiving threats. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Akeem Talib is older, so we'll see. I mean, it's an older defense, You still have Aaron Donald, so that just kind of gives you the leg up against everybody else. For me, I mean, I almost say the Cardinals could be as high as second in the NFC West as far as linebacker
0: core. Would you take the Arizona Cardinals defense or the Los Angeles Rams defense for one game to win it all?
1: Just because you have the best player on the planet in Aaron Donald, Mm -hmm. I think I have to take Donald. Just because he has the opportunity to maul your quarterback on any given play.
0: Yeah, and that's that's what I was going to say, too. I mean, it defenses that are top-heavy still succeed. I mean, especially if it's a corner because it takes away half the field or you have a guy you have to double-team in the offensive line, maybe not use a running back as much to have a third a tertiary guy behind the two guys that are defending him. So I agree. I would agree with that. Now, real quick, I'm going to give you a little kudos because I think the little insight into Bo Brock's fantasy football life, which was tumultuous last year. Bo Brock, who did you start in that game, the Rams versus the Chiefs? Who did you start, Bo Brock?
1: Uh, was it Josh – oh, no, was it Gerald Everett or Josh Reynolds? No, Josh
0: Reynolds. Reynolds. Yeah. W- when he put up two scores, right? Yes. I remember getting just as – me
1: that game early.
0: Yeah, just a s- string of texts. Like, I don't care. I don't care. I lost. I don't care.
1: I, I could just I, – I, for me, it was Reynolds made a big, couple big plays early on, and I could just cruise the rest of Monday Night Football. My sweat was not that long. Yours was a little longer than that because I think you were going against Tyreek Hill – uh, was it even Todd Gurley? I mean, you were going against. The, when it, yeah, the I was going against road, the whole just team. A, just a steamroller of fantasy points, and uh, for me, it was a better night than you.
0: Yeah, it was. It was. Anyways, let's move on. So, Seattle Seahawks. Okay, this is the easy one. Uh, there, uh, this is this is something that's made Russell Wilson's job. It, it's made him look so much better. The dude is the dude is all world quarterback. Okay, but it helps a lot when your defense is top ten every year. And they've had listen, they've had uh, they've gone into a little couple potholes here and there over the last couple years, especially losing everybody. Cam Chancellor retired. Uh, Earl Thomas is now gone. Richard Sherman's been gone, et cetera, et cetera. But this defense is still good. And Bobby Wagner is a ninety freaking nine on Madden. Madden knows what they're talking about. KJ Wright is no slouch. They brought in Ziggy Ansah to to plug up the middle out of Detroit. From Detroit, um, this is the best. This is the best linebacking core hands down in the NFC West. When I mean, there's not really much else to yeah. say about it. No, I, I think. But it's also interesting
1: to kind of just see the progression and how they've kind of evolved, right? They used to be the Legion of Boom, and it was really they were led by their secondary. You had Richard Sherman, you had Earl Thomas, you had Cam Chancellor. Um, and, and now, and you also had like Bruce Irvin and, and Michael Bennett as your rushers. And now this is this is a defense that's anchored by Bobby Wagner in the middle of that defense. KJ Wright, as you mentioned, they added Ziggy Ansah, as you mentioned as well. And then you look at that uh, the secondary. It's Shaq Griffin and it's kind of Trey Flowers that they added. It's it's an interesting kind of just how it's kind of evolved and how it's changed and how it's kind of gone from the outside in. But still, I mean that's that's the strength. It's it's defense and it's Russell Wilson. So and it, they're clearly the top of this division. And you just kind of look at their their depth, Michael Kendricks, who when healthy and when not, um, you know, inside trading on the stock market when he's not Gordon Gecko yeah. and, and pulling schemes, or he's uh, he's a good NFL linebacker. So we'll see. Uh, I think it's it's definitely the cream of the NFC West crop.
0: No, that's for sure. Uh, on the other side, we'll rank them. Finally, linebacking linebacking core ranks NFC West next. Locked on Cardinals. Wrapping up a solid week here. Locked on Cardinals. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. Listen to me on the Freaks one to four p.m. Fox Sports nine ten Phoenix. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow Bo at Bob Brock. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. We appreciate everybody that subscribes to us via Apple Podcast, Google Play, Himalaya, etc. Please. We love hearing from you. We love uh, when you reach out on Twitter. We love getting reviews, good or bad, on Apple Podcasts. We just want to hear from you and let us know what you like, what you don't like, so we can tweak and uh, make this the best podcast we can for the Locked On Podcast Network. So let's rank them weakest, fourth, last place. I believe both you and I have this. Are we both uh, saying the San Francisco 49ers are taking up the rear here? Mm hmm. Okay, so that was pretty easy. They don't have, they have more holes. Than the than the Arizona Cardinals, Rams, and definitely Seahawks, the linebacking core. Third, I'm gonna say the Cardinals. I just it's there's way more question marks with the Cardinals than there is with the Rams, with Wade Phillips being there, the defense being implemented already, having Vance Joseph come in, change the defense again for the for the third time or the second time in two years, going away from the 3-4 to the 4-3 and back to the 3-4. A lot of free agents coming in. All of the starting all of the starting linebackers aside from Hassan Reddick are free agents. This is Hassan Reddick's fourth defense in four years if you count his last year in college. So there's a lot more question marks. I'll go number two with the Rams. Again, just because uh Wade Phillips has his defense defense implemented. You have Clay uh, Clay Matthews, who I know that he's getting older and I know he has injury concerns. He's still Clay Matthews, he's still a guy who can get to the quarterback. And then number one, obviously ninety nine himself, Bobby Wagner and the Seattle Seahawks.
1: Yeah, and we're pretty much the same. I I, I would just flip flop the Cardinals to two from three, and and, and move uh, and the move the Rams down to three from two. And just be, I I believe in Jordan Hicks. I think he's worth the the money. I think he's worth the investment if he can kind of get Hassan Reddick going. And then just because the Cardinals do play that thirty four, you incorporate Suggs, you incorporate uh, Chandler Jones into that linebacking core. And I think that just kind of gives them the edge. Just talent-wise over the LA Rams, you know, are they going to have a better defense at the end of the day? Statistic, statistically, is Wade Phillips going to be outcoached by Vance Joseph? That, You know, probably not. I mean, and, and the fact that I'm going to keep going back to this, that Aaron Donald is up there just wreaking havoc up front, that makes it all easy. I mean, you and I could play linebacker for the Rams and yeah. be successful. But, uh, and also before we get out of here, we have uh, the, the latest in the Patrick Peterson saga. P2, it's, it's spoken, but... I think our, uh, it's interesting. I mean, it's it's Seattle, and then everybody else, as far as the NFC West linebackers are concerned.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Uh, it's nice to agree with you. You know, as we go into the weekend, it feels. I good. feel dirty. You feel dirty. Yeah, yeah I need uh, a shower after after agreeing with you, like we just did. Welcome to the but, welcome, uh, welcome to the right side of the tracks here, Bo Brock. <laughs> the latest in the Patrick Peterson
1: saga. So P two spoke. He was uh, talking to SiriusXM Had an interview, and the star, after his uh, social media, uh, his cryptic posts and removing the Cardinals from some of his, his Twitter and, I believe, his Instagram profile, Patrick Peterson, again, the bipolar saga continues, told SiriusXM that he wants to be with the Cardinals for life.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at the article this is, right this now. Is,
1: This is a direct quote. So this is the quote from Peterson. Yeah, I would love to be a Cardinal for life, but things happen. He said, hell, something could change next month. The things happen not only in football, but in the world in general. So I'd love to be a Cardinal for life. I would love to be one of those guys to bring the organization its first championship. As far as uh, his dissatisfaction with Steve Wilkes and the overall, uh, I guess, state of the Cardinals last season. This is a quote from P2. So it was just a lot of whirlwind going on last year. I was just frustrated. I love Arizona. I definitely want to be there. Just that time of year, last year, like I said, it was just very, very tough to deal with. But as being one of the leaders, I definitely felt I shouldn't have gone that way, talking about his trade request. But people upstairs can trade players and try to shop players around whenever they need to. So I didn't see what was wrong with me asking for a trade at the time. So it kind of works both ways. Yuck. I, I, <laughs> yuck. <laughs> I, it's this, I was one of the leaders. He's, he's talking out of both sides of his mouth. Yes, I was he is. one of those leaders. I shouldn't have said it. But then he goes to the front office, can do it. So why can't I do it? You know, it's, that's not taking leadership. That's not a leadership role. You don't see Pat. You know, Larry Fitzgerald publicly demanding a trade. I mean, this is the, and he also leaves the door open, you know, as far as, you know, something could change next month. You know what can change is you and Patrick Peterson. Whether you're happy today and, and disgruntled tomorrow, I mean, things are the leaves on Patrick Peterson are the colors are changing, and uh, it's kind of clear that he's he's just he's not the same player not on the field, but as far as off the field, where he really wasn't an issue before in his previous eight seasons, this is kind of becoming a little bit of a, a headache.
0: Well, it's been a headache. But here's the thing. Yeah. Um, this is the last time. This is the last time that we hear from him. And who... And, this,
1: yeah. Okay, is, go ahead. Is, do you think... I mean, as far as, is this going to be where the organization is just kind of... Are, are they going to be get become tired of it and finally pull the trigger on a deal? Or, I mean, what do you mean by last time?
0: This is the last time we hear from him because either he's going to get paid which is what it makes it seem like that he got what he wanted so now he's able to now he's able to talk about it or every single person, player, coach in the state of Arizona. If he goes back on this, over. Get rid of him. Done. Yep. This will be if you do a poll, do you want Patrick Peterson on your team? Yes or no? 100% no. Get rid of him. Because this is there are very few players and this is something that is a byproduct of being a quiet leader, not being in the forefront of the media, social media, et cetera, getting in trouble. He's had a perfect record. He's loved by everybody off the field. He's a charitable man, philanthropic. He's he's one of the best players in the NFL, especially at his position. This is your last chance to be an Arizona Cardinal. When you say something like this, Mm -hmm. this is it. Afterwards, you may as well be Odo Beckham Jr. if you go back on this again. You lose all credibility, your foundation is cracked, and it cannot be mended. This is it. He gets so many chances because he's Patrick Peterson, because of what he stands for off the field and on the field. This is it. That's what I meant. You get one last chance to not be a knucklehead. (laughs) Right? I mean, dude, there are very few people that get this. He... He's flip-flopped like six times. Yeah. But this is, and the reason why we're just we're not doing a separate podcast on this is because Bo and I have talked about this. And this isn't new news. This is just solidifying the fact that he's not a pariah in the locker room anymore. And this is it. And I believe him. This is not this is not the George W.S. fool me once, fool me twice, shame on the other time, whatever George Bush said.
1: Don't I, get fooled I, again.
0: Yeah, I... <laughs> It's funnier that way. Uh I believe him. I one hundred percent believe him this time. Cause only an I idiot I don't only an idiot would come out and say this only to flip flop later. You don't believe him? No,
1: I don't. I, I think that he, he even left the door cracked about as far open as he possibly can to kinda change change face on it. Whenever the going gets tough again this this regular season or we coach the NFL trade deadline in season. I mean, we might hear from him again. And I think that this is, as far as I'm concerned, it's not one of those patterns where you, you really have a legitimate issue with it because he's, he's staying, he's keeping his nose clean off the field. And this is really just, you know, about just uh, arguments between him and, and the organization, which are, are minor in my opinion. I, I just think it's, at some point it's, it's going to just wear, he's going to wear thin on that locker room and they'll just say, okay, is it, is it worth, is it worth, is this juice worth the squeeze? And uh, that they, they could potentially at one point cut ties. It, it could just become just wearing, but I don't know. I, I just don't see this as a period or an exclamation point. I just see this as kind of a comma.
0: Um, grammar aside and, and punctuation aside, I feel like, and this is it. And we'll leave you with this. That was Bo's closing argument. Mine's gonna be a little bit shorter. He has the fear of missing out on potentially a great thing as well. He FOMO? Fears... Yeah, I didn't I'm not gonna say FOMO. <laughs> I'm not gonna say FOMO, you <laughs> ninja. I know what Come it on. is. I know what it is. Okay? I don't wanna throw up all over the damn microphone. Our parents raised us better than to use that fear second of missing terminology. Out. Come I... on, man, just say it. FOMO. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do, do it. it. I refuse to do it. I refuse to do it. He has uh, the fear of, oh, no, Kyler Murray might work. So, damn it. Now I'm talking myself out of this. If six weeks are in and they start one and five and Kyler Murray's not the real deal in the NFL, maybe we'll revisit this. But I oh, tr- you can bet we're going to revisit this. But I mean, may- okay. I mean, but right now I believe him. I believe that at this <laughs> moment, just like an NFL insider, just like Ian Rappaport, who said that, Antonio Brown was going to Buffalo. The, the paper was all but signed. Things change. Right now, I believe him. I don't you're, think. But
1: you're not like Chris Broussard where you're just talking out your butt. I'm not what? You're not Chris Broussard in the NBA side of things where you're just talking out your butt about Kawhi Leonard and how there's no. It's just between the Lakers and the Raptors.
0: Listen, I had dimmed some with Kawhi Leonard last night, okay? I know what I'm talking about. No, I'm not. But when it comes to this right now, I believe him because there's no reason right. for him to say anything. Okay. That's all. All right, we'll talk about this more next week. Who knows? He may come out and say he wants to be traded on Saturday uh, with, with how things have been happening. Alex Clancy, Bolbrook, Sorry, we went a little long today, but it was absolutely necessary. We'll talk to you on Monday.